unto Jesus. Testimony time! And, wow. <laughs> okay, today the testimony, I'm giving it myself. Uh, yes. I just want to glorify God. You know, when um, Rev D told us about the convention, And he said, oh, it's Bishop Larry and Prophet Kakra. I'm like, wow. You know, because the last time Prophet Kakra was here, mm, you know, we were there. Yeah, he's come. Prophet has come. We are happy. But this time around, I had an expectation, you know, and I was really looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be, it's, it's a hectic one. You know, we're all tired. I'm still sleepy. But... The one thing that I want to share is the fact that the expectation that I had actually has come to pass. You know, it wasn't a physical expectation. It wasn't like I'm needing some breakthrough, but I just said, I just need a word that is personally to me, you know. So yesterday when he was praying and he called for people who couldn't hear in one ear, you know, um, I was sitting down, but I had some clothes with me, so I just decided to come and stand in the corner and just wait, you know, just for that moment. And then he kept saying the 23. Then later he called and he said, Um, who is 23, then a lady came, but then he kept saying it, you know. Then I said, ah, 23, 23 years, I'm born on the 23rd of a certain month, so maybe it's me, you know, because the way he kept calling, it, it almost looked like he hadn't gotten 
what he was looking for or who he was looking for, you know. So quickly, I think I just told um, Reverend Michael that, ah, I'm born on the 23rd, maybe it's me, so let me go. And as soon as I got here, he said, yes, it's you that I'm looking for, you know, and he pronounced the blessing upon my life. And, you know, I went home with a certain excitement that I really haven't had, you know, in a while. So I just want to thank God that whatever expectation that I had prior to the convention has come to pass. And whatever is in store following yesterday into the future, I'm really prepared for it. You know, so I just want to thank God for that. And I want to encourage somebody that these programs are not just, when they say a convention, it's not just a convention, but you should start preparing your heart for what is coming. You never know. You know, it may be your day one day. So, glory to God for that. Amen. Okay, shall we welcome our sister Madeline to give us administration? happy to be in the house of the Lord. We want to talk about Jerry and the blesser. What they did to the girl, ne? He used to walk all around in the neighborhood. He said I was the prettiest girl ever seen You're sweet, so sweet so sweet He said you are the one You're sweet, so sweet so sweet I was at work one day he came to visit me He waited and took me home He said nice things to me You're nice to me, you cannot be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and then he said to me, you must be led by God, you can just fall in love, following your feelings, Bobby G, he promised me, another girl, he promised to marry them too, but he lied to all of us, he said, Do it, do 
preaching, I just want to welcome our sister Sinazo to give us a few ministrations. Give her, encourage her, give her a round of applause. Amen.
Brother leads us in prayer 
time to hear our own prophet minister to us. Amen. How many of you were here yesterday? Hands down. How many of you were not here yesterday? Ask the person, where were you? (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, you know, sometimes you wonder why people call themselves prophets. But as for this prophet, I know why I call him prophet. Hallelujah. He's a very, 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 very gifted and anointed man of God. 
I've known him, like I said on Friday, since I was a student in the university in 98, which is about, 98 is what, about 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. He was my pastor. And I'll be sitting in church and he'll be preaching and he'll use me as an example. He'll mention my name and, and I'll just be saying, oh God, may I be like this man one day. Hallelujah. He's fathered me. He's helped me. He, I've eaten his food. I've stayed in his house. I've driven his car. You know, he's even given me money before. Yeah. Yesterday he was raising offering in dollars. The first money he dashed me was dollars. I'm sure he won't remember. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. He's really fathered me. He's really mentored me. In fact, when I finished school in Kumase, because Kumase was where his church was. Like, let's say you are in... I was from Accra. But I went to university in Kumase, and that was where his church was. I had plans of staying. Let's say you've come from Polokwani or Cape Town or somewhere and you've come to Peter Marysburg. And then because of him, I had plans of staying in Kumasi and being with him. But Bishop had other ideas. Bishop Doug had other ideas. And so I had to leave and, you know. But that was my plans. If I hadn't been a missionary, probably Pastor Mike, I would be traveling with him and not you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he's been a father to me and also to all of us. Hallelujah. And it's just a great honor, real honor, that he's here these three days to be a blessing to us. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to say much. I want us to stand to our feet and put our hands together as we welcome Bishop Prophet Kakra Bede. Come on, give it up. Hallelujah. Once again, it's a pleasure to be here in your wonderful church. Still can't believe this place. Because when I came here, it looked like the wilderness where Jesus was tempted. But we thank God for all the good works that have gone on. We thank God for our bishop. Put your hands together for Bishop Larry. Great man of God. An apostle. I think the way he has moved around, it shows that he's an apostle. Moved around different places. Madagascar, Ethiopia, Central African Republic. Wow. He's been to places. And live there soon and survive there. So I think that he really has the apostolic grace on his life. God bless you, Bishop, for laying the foundations of this church and for moving us into this wonderful uh, edifice. Now, thank our pastor, Pastor Daniel, and his wife, Della. God bless you so much. Pastor Daniel, I think he's a natural pastor. 100% pastor. So we thank God so much for the anointing and the grace that is on his life and for his wife, Pastor Della as well. And all the pastors who are helping to push the work of God. God bless you. And the shepherds. 
and then the new pastor who was just appointed that's pastor Priscil. yes pastor Priscil. god anoint you pastor Priscil, and use you shall we pray lift up your two hands and pray today i want you to pray for our father bishop dag before i preach pray that god will keep him pray that god will uh, direct him I believe that his responsibility is great and at any point in time he must be led by the spirit of God one mistake will be a very big mistake even if it's a small mistake so let's pray that God will grant him wisdom and God will grant him grace to be able to do what he's doing it's not easy it's not easy it takes the grace of God then I want you to pray for yourself Pray that God is going to touch you today. Pray that even as I preach, I speak, the Lord is going to minister to you. Father, we thank you. Romariganda bushataka boriganda bushataka boriganda bolabakariganda bashataka bariganda bariala balaba labalaba labashataka bala Mighty God I bless your name Holy one I worship you You are God of Yourself You are God of yourself. In the mighty God. Mighty God. I bless your name. Holy one. Holy one. Oh, I worship you. You are God of yourself. You are God all by yourself. Each to each. Each to each. You're still the same. You're still the same. All creation will shout. Shout your name. You are God all by yourself. You are God all by yourself. You are God.
Father, we thank you so much for today. Spirit of God, I pray for your presence to fill this house. Your word says that in the day that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. His train filled the temple. Let your train fill the temple. Your word says the house was filled with smoke. Let this house be filled with the smoke of the presence of God. And let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. As smoke, as fire, fill this house. Fill everyone and grant us spiritual understanding. Open our hearts for us to receive the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Have mercy on me and make me a vessel of honor. Sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Give me the tongue of the learning that I may know how to speak a wedding season to him that is weary. Crucify this flesh. And help me to yield my members to you. Grant me boldness that I may declare the mysteries of the gospel. Holy Ghost, I pray for your manifest presence. Minister to your people. Let your will be done. I bind the demons of unbelief. I curse every satanic work. I destroy every satanic weapon. Oh Lord. Let your will be done in this house. We wash ourselves with the blood. And we come by the holiest. Through a new and living way. Which you have consecrated for us. Through the veil that is your flesh. And we knock on the door of grace. Because your grace is sufficient for us. Let us leave your Holy Spirit with your miracles. Guide this service in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. amen. Put your hands together. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor. Say you're about to be blessed. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I think yesterday I started sharing on the call of God, which is also called the invitation of God. Because I explained that the call means an invitation. But I explained that every invitation has a purpose. When somebody invites you somewhere, maybe it's a wedding, maybe it's a birthday, there is no invitation that has no purpose. So when somebody invites you, we'd like to know what's the purpose of this invitation. Now, the purpose of this invitation is to look like Jesus. That's the purpose. Somebody said, why? Because in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible talks about why God made man. He said, let us make man in our image. Let's, look somebody, let's make somebody who looks like us. And after our likeness. So the question is, why did God want to create somebody who looks like him? That was his purpose. That's why he was making man for fellowship. Because God wanted to fellowship with man. And, you know, species fellowship together. So they say birds of the same feather, they flock together. That's why all lizards 
move together. Our mice move together. All rats move together. Even amongst human beings, you realize that poor people tend to fellowship with poor people. Anointed people tend to fellowship with anointed people. Rich people tend to fellowship with rich people. It's like that. That's the arrangement. Fellowship. So God said, let's make somebody who looks like us. Because there's one thing about God. If you are not holy, you can't fellowship with God. The reason is that God is made out of a material called holiness. Human beings are made out of flesh, but God is made out of holiness. So, for example, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, the Bible says, As he who has called you is holy, so you also be holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation means lifestyle. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I remember the first time I saw Jesus. I saw him as a human image made out of light. Because somebody asked me, how did he look like? He looked like a human being, but he was, he was made out of light. And I remember I asked him a question. I said, why do you sunshine so much? He said to me, that is the color of holiness. He said, holiness produces that light. So the Bible says that this then is the message we have heard of him. John 1.5. God is light. Literally, God is made out of light. In him is no darkness at all. So that darkness is sin. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. So it says that because he's holy, that's his nature. If we say we have fellowship with him or we are friends and we walk in darkness or sin, it's a lie. And we do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. So that is why we have to have his image. And we are told that God is holy. He's made out of light. So when Paul saw him on the road to Damascus, he said, I saw in the way, Acts 26 verse 13, a light above the brightness of the sun. And this light started talking. He said, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. So he saw this image, but it was made out of light. And the image was talking. So light hangs around with light. That's why God made man in his image. Fellowship. And he said, once you have the image of God, automatically you have power. Yes. Many people think the source of power is just fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer is one of the sources of power. But the fruit of the spirit, having the image of God, is one of, one of, is also one of the highest sources of power. So he says, if you have this image, you will have dominion. You will have power. So that's why God created man. In his image, 
for fellowship. And I explained to you that man fell. And because man fell, that image changed. So he became somebody else. So God could no longer relate with him. And that's why we have Romans chapter 3 verse 23. All have sinned and fallen short of the image or the glory of God. In other words, their nature changed. So God drove man out of the garden. Then God had a plan. He said, I didn't create man to be a farmer. I didn't create him to be a businessman. I didn't even create him to be an apostle or a prophet. I created him for fellowship. So he said, I'm going to set in place a plan that will restore man back to the original, original image. So, for us to get back to this image, the original purpose, God sends us a series of invitations. And each invitation has a purpose. And as you respond to the different invitations, you are changed incrementally over time into his image. So when you get to heaven, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. Follow peace with all men, Hebrews 12, 14 says, and holiness with that which no man shall see the Lord. So then it starts, I told you yesterday, with the call from eternity. God invites you. The call from eternity is a plan that God writes concerning your life. And when you are born, he expects you to find out that plan and follow it. And when you follow that plan, you begin to look more like him. Then you are born. That's when you have the second invitation. The call to salvation. You become born again. So Sunday by this time, you may have been sleeping in your bed. But here you are. Why? Because since you became saved, you are changing into the image of God. So even your time, the way you use it, is changing. You are changing into the image of God. So the Bible says that he has called us unto eternal life. Fight, a good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also then comes the third one, which is the call to holiness. After you are saved, still, you know, there are some people they are saved, but you don't even know whether they are in the world or they are in the church. One leg is in the world, one leg is in the church. Over the weekend, sometimes Saturdays, they are in the club, clubbing. And on Sundays, they are in church. They are like zebras, black and white. But even that one, they are still changing. So by the time you receive the third call, which is the call to holiness, it's a real calling. And I explained yesterday that the call to salvation and the call to holiness, they are core subjects. It's meant for everybody. Everybody is supposed to follow that call. So then you are called to holiness. First Corinthians 1, 2, the Bible says, to them that are in Christ Jesus, called to, the, to be saints. The word saint means to be holy. With them that in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. So Paul said, 
Once you are a Christian, it doesn't matter where you were born, in Cuba or in South Africa. The call to holiness is a general invitation for everybody. Look at your number and say, be holy. That is why little children should be able to play on your phone, with your phone. Because there is no pornography on it. You have responded to the call to holiness. My children play with my phone. There is nothing on it. Because I have responded to the call to holiness. Some people even have to bath with their phone. Because the kind of messages that come on the phone. It is not for human eyes to see. Eye has not seen nor ear heard. So they, they bath with it. Serious. Then we go to the next call, which is the call to suffer. If you want to be holy, or even if you want to be blessed, it entails suffering. There is no holiness without suffering. Because to follow the Lord, you have to deny yourself. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself and follow me. When you deny yourself, the pain that you feel is the cross. So sometimes you are in love with somebody who is in the world, but the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So because of the word of God, you decide to break the relationship. You can feel the pain. You are crying at midnight. You are, you, are, you, are, you are confused. You don't know what to do. What has happened is that you are on the cross. Don't jump down. Remain on the cross. Then from the call to holiness, we move to the next call. A suffering. So 1 Peter 2.21 says, Even hereunto were you also called. Christ suffered for us. Bring us. Brings us to the next call. The call to be blessed. Tell somebody blessed. Yes. Isaiah 51 verse 2 says, Look to Abraham your father and Sarah that bore you. I called him alone and I blessed him and I increased him. So when God calls you, he calls you to be blessed. Seeing God called me, in fact, I have been blessed. Tremendously. This year, I remember I met somebody. He had bought a brand new car. He was driving it for the first time. That was the first day he was driving it. Brand new. He met me. We spoke. He said to me, the Lord says I should give you this car. Then I said, I receive it in Jesus' name. So I received that brand new car. And I started driving it. I said, this is the call to be blessed. May you be blessed in Jesus' name. Then we move to the next call. You see, but with each one, you are changing into the image of Christ. Because in heaven, God is not broken nor sick, nor has accommodation problems. When God created Adam, he didn't have accommodation problems. He was neither sick nor insane. He had a peaceful marriage. He was blessed. So it's part of the call. Then the next one, after the call to be blessed, is the call to the ministry. 
Now, after you have also been blessed by the word of God, God has blessed you, you are saved. God expects you to help him to win others also to look like Jesus. That's when we come to the call to the ministry. So Ephesians 4.11 says, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are the ministry gifts. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting means to make the saints mature or grow up spiritually. And what would, what would they be doing? For the work of the ministry. So you see that there is a certain work that we are supposed to do. What work is this? For the edifying of the body of Christ. He said the word edifying means to build. He said the work is that we are building a body. An image. This image is not the image of your grandfather who died three years ago. He said we are building an image. And he says the image is the image of Christ. So as we are building the church, the church members are supposed to look like Jesus. That is the reason for the work of the ministry. So whether whichever viewpoint that you have, you arrive at the same place. Then finally, we get to the last call, call number seven, which is the call to glory. He has called us, First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 12, unto his kingdom and glory. When you die, then that one, you are changed 100% into that image. Then when we are in heaven now, God can relate to us again. And his original plan will be restored. That is the purpose of the call of God. To look like Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let's give him glory. Tell your neighbor, my neighbor, do you look like Jesus? Or you look like your grandmother? You, you really look like your grandmother. You're supposed to be looking like that. Jesus. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the first call. The call from eternity. Eternity means before you were born. It's a period of time before you were born and after you are born. Time is the period of time when you are actually living on the earth. But eternity is the time before you are born and after you are born. It's not called time. It is called eternity. Outside time. So, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says, He, that is God, who has saved us. In other words, you came to church or a friend witnessed to you and you gave your life to Jesus. But after saving you, that's not the end. He says, and he called us with a holy calling. The word holy means to dedicate yourself to something. And there is something about the call of God. You must be dedicated to it. If you are not dedicated to the call of God, you will not reap the benefits of serving God. So there are many people, they are wishy-washy Christians. That is why they are not seeing the glory of God. To see the glory of God and have the full benefits of serving God, you must dedicate. It's like marriage. To, to receive the blessings of marriage, you must be dedicated. If you are not dedicated, you can be married and have holy problems. And it means that there is a lack of dedication 
either from the man or from the woman. So it says that with a holy calling, which means he has invited us to do what? Then it says this invitation is not for you to follow your own agenda, not according to our works. In other words, he has invited you to follow a plan. But this plan is not a plan that you drew yourself. For example, I am a full-time minister. It was never my intention to be a pastor. Never my intention. I was born again. I was serious. My intention was to be a businessman. That was my intention. Because my father was a businessman. Then one day at 3 a.m., I went to preach on my, I went to pray on my father's rooftop. Our house had a rooftop. We lived by the sea. So there was a rooftop. From the rooftop, we lived about 150 meters from the sea. So, yeah, beachfront. So on the rooftop, I was there enjoying the sea breeze and praying at 3 a.m. in the morning. As I was praying, the heavens opened. You see these heavens, they can open. They look closed, but they can open. Yeah. Ezekiel said, Ezekiel 1 1, it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was, I was among the captives by the river of Sheba, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. So when you lift your eye into the heavens, you don't see anything. It's because they are closed. But God can open it. And you will see things. May the heavens open so that you see things. Stephen said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. When Jesus was being baptized, Luke 3.22, it says, and the heavens were opened and the Holy Ghost descended. So when you lift your eyes, you see beds. He said, what a beautiful, today we have beautiful weather, wonderful beds. The heavens are closed. But that day, the heavens opened. I pray the heaven will open over you. And I saw Jesus. I was not asleep. I saw him with my own eye. He was coming from the clouds. And he was laughing. And as he was laughing, the earth shook with his laughter. Then he stood before me and he told me, he said, I have a plan for your life. I fell on my face. I was afraid, shaking, weeping, everything. Then he told me, I have a plan for your life. I was so scared. I said, anything you want me to do, I will do it. I thought he was going to kill me. Then he said to me, I have called you into the ministry. He said, as a teacher and as a prophet. In fact, I didn't know even who a prophet was at that time. So I was wondering, what is a prophet? So he said other things, blah, 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 and after he vanished. On that day, the plan of God for my life was given to me. This was not my own plan because it was not my intention. This was a plan that God himself had given to me. But I said to myself, it is God who created me and God who knows me. 
If he says that this is the plan, then this must be the plan. If I follow any other plan, I may live below my potential. But because I want to live up to my full potential, I, I said in my heart, whatever it takes, I'm going to follow this plan. So when it says, not according to our works, that's what it means. But according to his own purpose, purpose means plan, and grace. There's something about the plan of God. The grace of God is always attached to the plan of God. If you want to discover the grace of God, just discover the plan of God. And God will help you supernaturally. In my house, sometimes I send the people in my house to buy groceries. I call my driver. I give him money. I say, go and buy groceries. Because it's my plan and I sent him, I give him money and I give him a car. I give him fuel to move and to buy because I sent him. If he's going to buy groceries for himself, he has to provide for himself. He must leave my car and walk on the road. He must use his own salary to buy the groceries because I didn't send him. He sent himself. So when God hasn't sent you and you send yourself, you have to provide for yourself. Then he says, it was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So today I want to talk a little bit more and zoom in on the call from eternity. So I'm just going to make some statements. Number one, this plan for your life was designed before the world began. Sobering, thought-provoking, powerful. Before you come into this world, God has a plan for you. And the interesting thing is, this plan was designed even before Adam walked on this earth. He knew you. Right from the beginning. It shows you it's a meticulous plan. Well planned, well designed. There is no one who comes into this world by accident. Maybe your parents gave birth to you by accident. But with God, it's not an accident. Once you are arriving on this earth, there is a plan for your life. Written by God. Now, this plan for your life is revealed in two ways. It's revealed by the scriptures. Way number one. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, the Bible says about Jesus. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, that is Jesus, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. In other words, God said, I'm not really interested in sacrifices and offerings when you come into the world. A body has doubt prepared me. So it says, before you come into this world, angels prepare a body for you. So your body is like your clothes. They sew it and they do everything. They, they, that, so they design a body for you. A body has thou prepared me 
To do what? Next verse says, to do thy will, O God. So, he said, in the volume of the books, verse 6 says, in the volume of the books. The volume of the books is the scriptures. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So the reason why you have a body is not because God gave you a body so that you can be eating Chinese. The main reason why God gave you a body is he gave you a body to do his will. God just didn't give you a body for you to marry and, you know, be with your wife. He gave you a body primarily to do his will. And he said, that will is found in the volume of the books. In other words, the scriptures. So if you want to follow this plan, be dedicated to follow the basic instructions that the word of God gives to you. Basic instructions. When I was getting married, for example, as a young man, I knew that God said that, look, a believer should not marry an unbeliever. I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It was written in the volume of the books. I had a girl in the world. I told the girl, I want to follow God's plan for my life. And in the volume of the books, I came to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, and it says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So this relationship has to end because it is written of me, a body has thou prepared me to do thy will. I was following it. I remember one day I was in London for holidays. I was about 18 years old. And I went to church. And I met this beautiful French girl in the church. And one day the girl told me, I want us to go for a weekend in France. All expenses paid. He said, all you need to do is to come along. Wow. What an offer. The girl said, we will leave on Friday, we will come on Monday. Then I said to myself, the devil is very bad. When I was an unbeliever, I was hoping for opportunities like this. I never got it. Now that I am a believer, it is not that he is bringing such opportunities. Very bad. But I remembered 2 Timothy 2.22. It is written in the volume of the books. Flee fornication. It is written in the volume of the books. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God. So when I remembered the plan in the volume of the books, I told the girl it would be a very nice trip, but I just remembered the plan of God for my life. That I shouldn't be going for holidays with single girls I'm not married to. So I said, I cannot follow this plan. I was blowing God's plan for my life. 
as you start following the simple commandments, I realized that it reached a point one day for the first time in my life, I heard the voice of God. So it brings you to the next way you know this plan. That is, you, you move to the next step where the Holy Spirit starts directing you. In John 16, 12, Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. He will guide you as to the job you should do. He will guide you as to where you should live. He will guide you as to who you should marry. He will guide you as to the quantity of food you must eat. He will guide you how long you must sleep. Because whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. God will guide you in everything. Then I remember in one instance, I was in America. I have a twin brother. I have a twin brother. My dad took us to the States to do masters, whatever. So it's at this point that my twin brother and I, we separated. My twin brother is a lawyer. He's an attorney for an oil company, a huge oil company. He is like the second in command at that place. He's also a pastor. He's a lay pastor. It was at that point that we separated. How did it happen? So whilst I was in America, I had a dream. In the dream, God came to me. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, I am here to study. Because my dad has brought me here. Then he said to me, you are in the wrong place. He said to me, you are supposed to be in Ghana, in a city called Kumasi. And look at where you are. You are completely lost. Pack your bags and leave. Yes. So he said to me. So when I woke up from the dream, I said, hmm. That's why I told you that to follow this plan, you need to be dedicated right. to the plan. Because there will be so many side offers, nice opportunities, that if you are not dedicated, they will take you off. So when I woke up from the dream, you know, I felt spiritual adrenaline. Then I said, I must leave this place within 24 hours. If I stay a little bit longer, I cannot move. Because even the grace of God is for a period. Ezra 9, 8, Ezra said, Now for a little space, grace has been shown from the Lord our God. So even grace, it has a time frame. Then I knew that I have to escape out of this place. So immediately I called my dad when I woke up in the morning. I said, I can't stay here. The school, I'm going back to Ghana, rather to continue the school and do my master's and stay in Kumasi. He asked me why. I knew that if I tell him about this dream, he won't understand. So I told him, I have seen some people on cocaine 
And when I see them, sometimes I have a feeling that I want to take some. He said, hey, come, 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 leave the place. I said to him, the way they are taking the drugs and the way they are moving, the temptations are very strong. So I don't know what will happen. So he said I should leave. Within 24 hours, I called the airline, everything. I was on the plane back. Because I knew if I stayed for another day, something will happen. I was dedicated to the plan. So what I want to say is that once you are committed to the plan of God as revealed in the scriptures, after some time, the Holy Ghost will begin to talk to you. Because what is the point in talking to somebody who cannot even follow your basic commandments? I've asked you to do something. You haven't done it. Why should I even come and add more instructions? That's why John 10, 27 says, my sheep, they hear my voice. Which means, even before you hear the voice, you must be a sheep already. And sheep are obedient people. Obedient to what? To the written word of God. Once you are obedient to that one, you qualify to hear the voice of the Spirit. So, he started directing me in this plan. And from time to time, the Lord will step in and give a direction. And when God is directing you, it looks like driving a car with a GPS. When you are driving a car with a GPS, it only tells you when your turning is coming up. Sometimes there can be minor turnings, but it will be silent. It won't say anything. So God can be silent in your life. He won't say anything. But when a, ter- a turning is coming, that is a major turning that you must do, he will tell you, in 150 meters, make a right. So I have been following this plan drawn from eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, the grace of God is attached to the plan. It says, according to his own purpose and grace. God does not honor good ideas. He honors God ideas. There is a difference between good ideas and God ideas. When Paul started his ministry, do you know where he started it? He started it in Jerusalem. It was the birthplace of Christianity. And he was praying. And God said to him, Acts 18.22, he said, Get thee quickly out of Jerusalem. They will not receive my, your testimony concerning me. He said, the ministry will not work here. Change location. The grace of God. In John 15, 16, Jesus said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. In other words, when God chooses something for you, it, is, it will produce fruit. Not only that, your fruit will remain. Your enemies will like to take it, but it will remain. 
People will talk, but it will remain. People will undermine you, but it will remain. Witches may rise up, but it will remain. That's why Gamaliel said in Acts 5.39, if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to nothing. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. You will try, but you can't. You will talk, but you can't. You can know the boss, but you can't. You can even be the boss, but you can't. The grace of God. It does not only contain the help of God, it, takes, it also contains an insurance policy. If God goes and chooses a husband or a wife for you, nobody is coming to take the husband and run away. It will remain. That is why you must be interested in the plan. Because the grace of God is attached to it. I remember the first time I went to preach on TV. I had a vision before that. In the vision, I was preaching from place to place. Then I met an angel. And the angel said to me, listen, stop preaching from house to house. And he lifted me up. There was a tower. He lifted me up to a very high tower. And he set me on the tower. And he said to me, the Lord will have you preach from TV and radio and affect many lives from there. This is what you must do. That's the plan. The vision ended. When the vision ended and the angel went, I asked myself, so where am I going to get money to pay for the first radio station for one year? I was thinking about it. Where is the money going to come from? The following day, a stranger called me from the UK. Somebody I don't know from anywhere. Never met him before in my life. He said to me, Pastor, I was listening to one of your messages. And the Lord spoke to me in the night. Which means that as the Lord was talking to me, he was also talking to him. He said to me, he says that I should pay for you to be on radio for one year. So this stranger made an international transfer. So before I realized that same week, I have paid for a radio station for one year and I wasn't prepared. So then I realized that the problem was the money. wasn't the money. I was a problem. So I started the radio. Then after some months, a businessman I knew met me. Then he said to me, Pastor, I've got some offices in different countries in Africa. And I think I want you to go and talk to them. Christian principles, Christian virtue, because I want them to have good principles and morals so that they they do my work well. Then he said to me, the countries are five. He said, I'm going to give you $20,000 to preach to them from one to the next to the next. He said, all is just one day. I said, no problem. Once it's preaching and talking about the word of God, no problem. So the guy said, okay, I'm going to pay you the money. So he wired the money to me. 
$20,000. It was in my account. Then after a few weeks, he called me again. He said, Pastor, something has happened, so I am not going to, we are not going to do that thing again. So I asked him, so it means I have to return the money. So give me your bank account so that I can return the money. He said, oh, no, Pastor, just take it. As soon as he said, take it, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, that is for the cameras for my, your TV. It's not for you to buy clothes. He said, it's for the camera. So with my $20,000, I bought the cameras, I bought the mixers, I bought everything. I was ready with the equipment. But still, no money for the TV. Then I went to the TV stations. I went to ask how much is it going to cost to do this broadcast for a year? They told me $150,000. Then I said, God, this plan, it's not my plan. I was sitting in my house. I, in fact, it, 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 is, it was never my intention. Never, I, I never thought about anything like that. I said, it has never been my intention. So, you better fund this plan. Because personally, I don't have $150,000 to put into this project. So I was there. Then one day, it didn't keep long, another businessman called me. He said, Pastor, I had a dream about you. I said, what dream is that? He said, in the dream, I was giving money to two men of God. I said, who are these men of God? He said, number one is Bishop Oedipo in Nigeria. He said, I, I gave him money. Then he said to me, I have traveled to Nigeria. I'm going to give him his money. It's you that I'm looking for now. Then I said, really? You have found me. <laughs> so I went to his house. And I sat down with him. And he said to me, Pastor, I don't know what the money is for. But all I know is I'm supposed to give you money. So for me, I'm going to give you money. Whatever you do with it, it's up to you. Whether you spend it, you use it, you take it, I don't care. But the Lord said, I should give you money. So he asked me, how much do you need? Then I remembered my, my TV thing. Then I said, I need $150,000. The guy said, is that all? I said, that's all. So he took his checkbook and wrote $150,000. He said, go and pay. Whatever it is, when you so. So before I was, I, so the guy gave me about well, $150,000 he gave to me. Cash. As a check. Give it to me as a check. I pray somebody will write such a check and put it in your hand. All I'm saying is that it says the grace is connected to the blood. So sometimes we are in prayer meetings. But nothing is happening. Because you are praying about your own plans. But if it is God's plan. And all of these things. I didn't even pray once. It happened by itself. I did not pray even once. It was not my plan. Somebody's plan. Do you think when I send my driver he prays? He doesn't pray. I call it. So when 
you don't walk according to this plan, you lack the grace of God. So now the TV was ready. So I started. Then I was transferred. So when I was transferred, the office where I was using, my church office, I had another office where they were doing the filming and the camera work and other things. I lost it. And the new church where I went, I didn't have an office. So I was thinking, how am I going to continue with this my TV work? I don't have an office. So I was in a difficult place. Then a certain man called me on the phone. He said, Pastor, are you there? I said, I'm there. He was a stranger. I've never seen him before in my life. Never, ever. I don't know him from anywhere. Then he said to me, Pastor, God has spoken to me. Then I asked him, how do you know me? He said, I heard you preaching on the radio. Then he said, God has spoken to me. I said, what did he say? He said, I should give you a house. As a gift. As a house. Are you serious or this is just a joke? He said, I'm serious. So I said, okay, come. So the man came to see me, came with his wife. He was holding the documents to the house. And what surprised me was he knelt down, Pastor Daniel, he was begging me to receive it. He said to me, the dreams I am having, God is tormenting me. If you don't take these papers, I can't sleep. So he said to me, please receive it and take me out of my torment. So the man gave me the house. Finished house. New. Nobody had lived in the house before. A donkey that no man has ever sat on before. May God give you things that nobody has ever used before. Then I said to myself, I have a house by myself. Why would God give me a house? Then I realized that now, this is the office. So I gave the house as a gift to the Lord. So even the house, when we read it, it's not in my name. I said, I give this house permanently to the work of the Lord. <laughs> then, someone who didn't have an office, now, I had an office. So, when it says, your fruit will remain. If even something happens and your fruit is cut, God will reproduce that fruit, the same fruit, even higher, somewhere else. That's the plan of God. Many people think that when you follow God's plan, he wants to make you miserable. It's not true. He wants to give you his grace. And each human being has his own unique plan. The plan that God has for my life is different from the plan that he has for your life. The plan he had for Abraham is different from the plan of Rahab. The plan he had for Isaac is different from the plan of Moses. That's why in the word, the word of God, some people did big things, some people did small things. But the most important thing is not the size. 
It is the fact that that is the plan of God for your life. Joseph of Arimathea was not a pastor. But God had a plan for him. He was the one who went to Pilate. And then he collected the body of Jesus. Sometimes for one single act, God has to prepare you for an entire lifetime for one single act. Because for him to receive the body of Jesus, he must have influence with the Jews and the Sahindrin. He must have influence with the Romans. He must be a rich man. He must build his own tomb. But for you to build your own tomb, no the Jews, no Pilate, build political connection is a lifetime work. A man prepared for one single act. The plan for his life was prophesied by Isaiah 600 years before Jesus came. Isaiah Isaiah lived 600 years before Jesus. And he prophesied about Joseph of Arimathea and spoke about God's plan for his life. In Isaiah 53 verse 9, when Isaiah prophesied about the death of Jesus, he said, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. That word wicked in the original is in plural. Jesus was killed between two thieves and the rich is singular. That's one person, Joseph of Arimathea. He was buried in his tomb. So 600 years before he even came into the world, already the plan was there from eternity. This man was groomed as a political figure, influential figure, rich man, everything for one single act. Because sometimes to do something for God, it takes an entire lifetime of preparation. And when his time came, he moved. Peter couldn't do it. He was hiding and running for his life. James, running somewhere. Judas, busily doing business. But that was God's plan for his life. The Holy Spirit will show you the unique plan. There's a general plan like witnessing, doing the work of God. That's a general plan. But there's also a unique plan that is revealed by the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit open your eye. May the Holy Spirit guide you. May the Holy Spirit lead you. In Jesus' mighty name. Put your hands together for Jesus. Great! Before the world. This invitation to follow this plan is a good plan. It involves everything. Your wife, your children, your future, your health, your finances. Everything is in that plan. Romans 8.28 is our next scripture. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called or invited According to his purpose. 
invited to follow his plan. 29. Whom he did foreknow, foreknow means to know in advance, he also did predestinate. Predestinate means to arrange in advance, to be conformed to the image of his son. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. 31 says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 32 says, he that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? May you receive something free. You can't buy everything. May you receive something free. Tell somebody, I am tired of working for everything. One girl you have to marry, you have to take her to every restaurant for two years before she will agree. Too expensive. May you have a beloved for free. The girl herself will walk up to you and say, Brother John, I had a dream. You and I were getting married. You say, I agree. Put your hands together for Jesus. I went to preach in Kenya in a place called Eldoret. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody there when I landed in that place. But I flew all the way there to have a conference. Although I don't know anybody there. I said, God knows everybody. I was there. I rented a hall. I got a hall. And I was wondering, how am I going to get a car even to move around? A woman saw my poster on the wall. She called my office from the place. She said, the man of God who is coming, I provide a car and a driver. I've never been there. I don't know anybody there. I've I've never, I don't know anybody there. When I got to the airport, a car came to pick me. The people were in the car. Strangers. I don't know them from anywhere. <laughs> but they are hosting me. <laughs> we're going. After the program, a man was sitting there. The man came to see me after. On the third day, he said to me, all your expenses, I'm paying for it. Wow. For free. I have never seen him before in my life. It. So it says, freely given to us of God. Number three, the next issue you know about the call to eternity is that it says, it is based on God's foreknowledge, whom He did foreknow. Foreknow means to know something in advance. In other words, when God draws the plan for your life, is based on his knowledge about you. He has taken your height into consideration. Your height. 
He knows that you are a short girl. And because you are short, you like and you would like to have tall children. So he will provide a man who is very tall. So that when you marry, your children will be tall. So even in your marriage, your height has been taken into consideration. For no. He knows your temperament. You get angry quickly. The only person who can marry you is a phlegmatic. Somebody who is not bothered by anything. So the person that he will bring into your life is a phlegmatic. He doesn't react much to anything. So when your temper comes and you start insulting, he will be sitting there, oh, you know, as for my wife, that's how she is, but she's very nice. You see, God has given you that type of person. It's based on his phone. He knows the kind of family that you are born in. That you grew up without your father and your mother. It was your auntie who raised you up under hard and difficult circumstances. That you are a hard guy. So when when he's giving you business to do, he will give you a business that only hard people can do. Because he knows that only you can thrive in that environment. He takes your financial condition into consideration. Sometimes he knows that you come from a very rich family. So because of the family's wealth, certain things can be done. So based on that, he will select the assignment. Sometimes too, he knows that you come from a very poor family. And because you come from a very poor family, he has to make you very rich so that you take care of everybody in the whole family. That is why all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It is everything into consideration. Even the food that you like, he takes it into consideration. Your height, your age, your problems, your difficulties, your friends, your enemies, the kind of people who will surround you, your family members, your opportunities, your mistakes, your weaknesses, everything. So, when he brings you into the world, you have been designed for the plan. Tell somebody, design. Put your hands together for Jesus. You are designed for it. That is why fishes are designed to live in the sea. God designed them that way. 
Human beings are designed to live on land. Birds are designed to live in the air. So sometimes you have a face who is trying to be a human being. Live on land. You can only live in an aquarium. Very limited. Why? Because you are doing something that you were not designed for. That's why you live in an aquarium. So, for example, when God was selecting Moses to be a deliverer for Israel, he took his temperament into consideration. To be a leader and drive people, you need a choleric. So, he took a choleric. Moses, if you have an argument with him, he kills you. Super choleric. The man he asked before even thinking. God said, hit the rock, then bam, 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 he's moving. Because to get people to move, four million people who are resistant to change, to move somewhere, you need a hard cholera. Otherwise, they won't move. To get somebody who can go to Pharaoh and say, that said the Lord, let my people go. You can't use a slave. They are too scared. You need somebody who grew up in the palace. Somebody who is Pharaoh's daughter. He grew up in the palace. Confidence he has. Boldness he has. How to rule, he has the experience. How to oversee a country, he has the experience. God could not take one of the slaves. Nah, they are too scared. Even in the wilderness, if the least problem, they are crying, they want to go back. Because you see, from their background, they were slaves. So when God was raising Moses, he said, Moses, if your father raises you, you'll be a slave. Somebody else has to raise you. That's why sometimes God even can let somebody else raise you because of what you have to learn. If Barack Obama had been raised by his father in Kenya, he would never be a president. Never be a president. It's not possible. So he took his background into consideration. Acts 7.22 says, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was mighty in word and deed. Well educated. Because if you need somebody to write the five books of Moses, he must have been to the university. You can't take an illiterate to write the book of Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. No. It's not possible. 
So the man should have schooled. He can write. All those people, they were illiterate. Good people, by illiterate. God said, this is the guy. So even when they put him on the river, it's part of the plan. For the daughter to be bathing at that time, it's part of the plan. God knows the kind of man who can live with you forever. Sometimes you see somebody, I don't know, I like him. When I see him, I feel something. But God knows that this guy can survive only three years. And the one that you don't like much, God knows that this one can be with you for eternity. He knows. Because there are some people, they can be good girlfriends, good boyfriends, but they will be bad wives and bad husbands. It's a different role altogether. And he knows. So it's based on his knowledge about you. God raised Moses. So everything that happened to Moses, it looked random. But it's not random. It's planned. That's why it says all things. There are some jobs. If you take it, you die early. The pay is good, but you develop high blood pressure. And it will kill you early. But you are just thinking about the pay. But God is thinking about your pay, your health, your family, all things work together. He has taken everything into consideration. Not just one thing. If you know this, you will be very interested in knowing this plan. For you'll be very interested. It covers everything. For knowledge. Number four. I'm closing. Five. Is it five? Whatever. It says, whom he did for know, he did predestinate. In this plan, predestinate means already arranged. In this plan, every match is an arranged match. The scores are already known. There are some football matches they already arranged. The score is known already by the referee. 3-1. It doesn't matter how hard you train. It doesn't matter how hard you play. It's 3-1. When it is 4-1, you blow his whistle. <laughs> offside. You say, referee, why offside? I said, no, no, it's already arranged. Even with VR, still offside. Predestinate means it's arranged. You see, when you follow this plan, everything has been arranged. The people who are supposed to help you, it's been arranged. You meet them. The person you're supposed to marry, it's been arranged. You will meet him. The job you're supposed to do, is arranged. The things that happen, they are arranged. The dreams that people have is already arranged. 
The enemies you have already arise. Those enemies are your enemies because they are supposed to move you to a higher level. Give somebody a high five, say it's arranged. Give three people a high five, say it's an arranged match. Your money is arranged. Your friends are arranged. Your successes are arranged. Your problems are arranged. Your family members are arranged. Your job is arranged. Come for all things are now ready. You know, I said architecture. And in Ghana, for us to study architecture at that time, in my year, 500 and something people applied to my university to study architecture. After the 500 and something, they took 50 based on your grades for an interview. And out of the interview, they were going to take 25. That was the arrangement. And, you know, I remember the day before the interview, I traveled to Kumasi, which is where the, the university was. And uh, I went there, and I was walking on the road, and I was hungry. And I saw some ladies selling bananas. So I went there, and I bought some of the bananas. She was sitting under a tree. I sat under the tree, and I was just resting. And as I was resting, two cars came to the place, and the, 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 the people got down. They were university lecturers. One was a professor in the university. One was a doctor in the university. And they sat down and they started conversing. They were also buying some of the bananas, but they were friends. So they got down and they were conversing. They spoke, spoke, spoke. So I overheard all that they were saying, but I didn't take any notice of it. So it was time for the interview. And then I went for the interview. First, there's an exam. Even the interview starts with an exam. So we did an exam. Then after, uh, we had the interview. So we sat, when we sat there, they called me. I sat down with professors, doctors, about, about maybe seven people on the panel. So they're asking me questions. So Mr. Bading, why do you want to study architecture? Blah, 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 blah. So many things. Competitive. Talking, blah, blah, blah. Then they said to me, Mr. Bading, we're going to ask you a question. You can answer this question. We have taken you. I said, what's the question? They asked me a question. Do you know what the question was? What the people were discussing when I was sitting under the, under the, under the tree eating banana. The answer was the question. Then I remembered the conversation. So I started talking. I said, who is this expert who has already come here? But they didn't know that I had the information under a tree whilst I was eating banana. The hunger was arranged. The cellar was arranged. The people were arranged. The cars were arranged. How long they stood there arranged. The conversation arranged. 
Now, when I look back, I laugh because it was from there I became a pastor and started a church. Then I realized that God needed me to be there more than I even wanted to be there. That is why he gave me that secret information so that I will be there. That's where my church started. Let me tell you something. If you follow this plan, you will come across many things. The testimonies I shared with other people who I said they had a dream, they had a, I never prayed once. It, it just happened by itself. It's arranged. When Samuel anointed Saul in 1 Samuel 10, 1, Samuel took the vial of oil, poured it upon his head, and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? And do you know what he said to him? He said, when you are going in the way, you meet two men. They will say to you that the asses have been found. Then he said, whilst you are going, in verse 3, he said, you meet three men. One will be carrying three kids. One, three loaves of bread. One, a bottle of wine. And they will give you two pieces of the bread. Then he said, whilst you are going, you meet prophets. You come across a company of prophets. They will be prophesying. They said, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, in verse 6, and said, and you will be turned into another man. You see, if Samuel had not told Saul all these things, all these things would have happened, and he would have thought that it happened by accident. They were all natural things. But Samuel was telling Saul, that everything that will happen, it has been arranged. So when he was going, he met two people. They said the asses have been found. So even strangers you meet on the road is an arrangement. The things you hear by accident, it has been arranged. You think you are just sitting by somebody just for Sitting sick. By Sarah's. Look at him and say, my neighbor. I may be your breakthrough, so watch me. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, they said, you will meet a man. He will give you three loaves of bread. Even the things that people give to you is arranged. May God arrange people to give you things. But you see, when you're on the wrong road, you don't meet the people. You don't meet them. But they are there on the right road. When somebody invited me to a party, Bishop Larry, not knowing I was in the wrong house, I turned into the wrong house. I saw a number of people there. I thought that was a party. I sat down. About 30, 45 minutes. No food, no drink, nothing. I said, ah, what is going on? Is this their party? So for about 30 minutes, I got up. I, went, I asked the people. I said, is this the place where we are having so-so-and-so party? They say, here. There's no party here. 
I was at the wrong place. So I made a call and they showed me the right house. So I drove to the right house. Immediately I got out of my car, I heard music. They were meeting me with kebabs, drinks, everything. I said, Yes, this is the place. Let the party begin. Hey! There's a party waiting for you. You may be at the wrong location. That's why you are not having the party. The people you meet, the gifts you get, the people who help you, the men of God, those prophets that they met, it was arranged. Today's meeting looks by chance, but it's been arranged. As I am standing here, it looks like chance, but it's not chance. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's a race. That's what makes the plan so unique. Let me, let me just make a final comment, short, close. So, what I want to say to you is that it's a good plan. Be dedicated to finding God's plan for your life. What else is is a holy calling. Holy means to separate or dedicate yourself. There are alternative plans, but in your heart, be dedicated to this plan. It doesn't mean every day God's going to talk to you, but it means that if even an angel does not appear to you. Once you are dedicated, the circumstances of your life will be arranged. Amen. You may not even see a vision, but once you are dedicated, Proverbs 35 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You know, like the trains, when they are moving, sometimes they stretch the tracks, and then the train will move in different direction, and then the train will move that. Just by moving the tracks. So sometimes, God will just move the tracks of your life. You'll move it, then, then you pass here, then, then you pass here, then, then you pass there. Once you're dedicated, God knows it. You may not even see one vision your whole life, but God knows your heart. Like the way he planned Saul's life along that road, he will arrange things on the road. Let's be dedicated to the scriptures. Let's be committed to the Lord. Assuming even Jesus does not visit you, to show you a detailed plan, God will use the circumstances of your life to guide you. It looks like accident, but it's not an accident. It looks like you're in the wrong place, but you're not in the wrong place. When Joseph was in prison, it looked like he was in the wrong place. 
but with God, the door to the palace is in the prison. So as I close, I want to urge all of us. I speak from experience, from working with God. It's true. That's what Paul said, we know. He said, it is true. And all things work together for good. The good, the bad, and the ugly. To them that love God and are called or dedicated to this point. So I encourage you. Let's serve him with all our hearts. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be a pastor. But it means God will guide everybody. Put your hands together, stand to your feet. Just thank him. Just thank you. Thank you. Let's thank him. Let's thank you. I am who I am because of you. If it had not been for you, tell me where would I be? I was lost and sinking deep in sin But you reached out your hand And rescued me No one else can do the things you do There's no one else but you One more time, I am who I am because of you I am who I am because of you Was lost and sinking deep in sin, and you reached out your hand and rescued me. No one else can do the things you do. Yeah. There's no one else but you. Bononie, Bononie.
Romans 8 14 says as many as are led by the they are the sons of God you know the Holy Spirit just spoke to me he said to me pray for my people that their ears will be open their eyes will be open their spirits will be open then I can guide them Acts 117 says, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Which means you qualify once you have flesh. Ask your neighbor, do you have flesh or scales? If you have flesh, then you qualify. It says, and my sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. The old man shall dream. Some of you don't dream. Today God will begin to speak to you in dreams. Some of you have never had a vision before. Today you have a vision. From today. You start having visions. Some of you have never seen the heavens open before. The heaven is just about to open. Some of us have never heard the voice of God. From today God will begin to speak to you. Holy Spirit said to me, pray for communication between me and my people. There are people who are spiritually blind. Physically, they can see, but spiritually, they are blind. There are people who are spiritually deaf. That's why Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Which means it's not everybody who hears what the Spirit is saying. Some are deaf. He has blinded their hearts. Lest they should see and they should hear. Every spiritually deaf person, I open your ear. Every spiritually blind person, I open your eye. Lift your hand, pray that God will direct you and lead you. Pray that God will open your eyes. Pray that He will open your spirit. This anointing is coming down, it's anointing for communication. The cloud of the spirit is here. Thank you. I hear a voice saying, I am pouring out my spirit. Mm. Some people start having revelations. Some will have trances. Some will have visions. Some will have dreams. Lift up your two hands and receive the power of God. It has started. It has started. Ashes, bring those people to me. It has started. It has started. It has started. Dreams and visions. It has started. Divine directions. It has started. Angelic visitations. It has started. See. No. Here. I see wax being removed from somebody's ears. 
the Lord tells me I'm opening spiritual ears for people to hear begin to hear I see about seven people something like oil is being poured into your ear the Holy Ghost tells me you shall begin to hear his voice and out of that voice you will know God's plan for your life seven people who are standing in the congregation one two three four five six seven touch touch it's happened bring this one to me it's happened it's happened it's the glory of God Jesus is going to visit somebody somebody will see the Lord lift up your two hands Lord you said to Paul I have chosen you to see me choose some people to see you choose them to see you for those who don't dream at all God speak at once yea twice in the dream speak to your people in dream thank you I see a hand I see that hand on some people's heads is the hand of God begin to dream I open every spiritual eye I open every spiritual ear communicate with the Holy Spirit May he speak to you. May he direct you. May he lead you. Oh Jesus. Thank you. I see a Bible. I see light coming out of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is saying to me from today when you read the word of God God will speak to you out of the scriptures you receive divine illumination and divine direction there are some people who don't understand the Bible when they read it you lack the spirit of understanding the spirit of understanding is coming down. From today, when you read the scriptures, you will understand it. And God will speak to you about your life. Lift your two hands and receive the spirit of understanding. Ashes, watch out. There are about 20 people being affected by the spirit of understanding. Thank you. From the back, somebody has just been touched at the back. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Mm. 
the spirit of understanding. Touch. I see somebody preaching the word of God. The Lord tells me from today, your preaching and teaching ministry has changed. Receive the spirit of understanding. Oh God. I see a young man around 23, 25 years of age. I see oil being poured on you. The spirit of the Lord tells me this is the spirit of understanding. Receive it. A young man around 23, 25. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. A red Bible has just been given to somebody. The Bible is red. It's the spirit of revelation. Glory. 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 Listen. When I got here, I heard the word addiction. You are addicted to something. Lift your hand, let me see you. Addicted. Who is that? Addicted to something. Which is not helping you at all. You are that person. Lift your hand, let me see you. Addiction. Come. Your deliverance has come. Lift your two hands. By the laying on of my hand, I change the desire of your heart. I put in you a desire for God higher than any other desire. With this desire, I quench and destroy every other negative evil desire. I break the power of the enemy Amen.
If you are here, you have a chest problem. Lift your hand, let me see you. A problem with your chest. Who is that? Here. You are the one. Come. I saw somebody's chest. Be healed. I sense a healing anointing this morning. Be healed. Curse every satanic power. My Karuna Bashanta. Every sickness is under pressure. High blood pressure is under pressure. If you are on this line, your pressure has gone up. Lift your lips. You are the one. Come. As soon as I stood there, I heard the word high blood pressure. Lift your two hands. Father, in Jesus' name, I return this pressure to normal. I return it to normal. this one to Lord let your spirit move over your people thank you thank you it was not everybody it was just somebody in particular father thank you be healed in Jesus name thank you it was somebody in particular I was praying for but don't worry my number I see a little boy. There is somebody here, you have been having this dream, I think about twice or thrice. You see these little boys following you. Or a little boy. And they seem to be attacking you in the dream. You are that person come. This little boy. You are the person who had that dream come. You are the one. These are not little boys, they are demons. Lift your two hands. Komayanda Vushur Bakarianda Vusotokoma Harindes. Re Karianda Vushataka Boarianda Vusataka Bokabaria. Loose this man, let him go. Somebody who was earmarked for death. Lift your two hands. The spirit of death is leaving somebody right now. Mm. Thank you. The devil had earmarked you for death. Come on, loose. The plan was before the year ends, he will take your life. Loose. 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 There are two people. There are two people. Whom the son shall set free is free indeed. The Lord put a cane, a mark on Cain's forehead. And he said, you shall not die. No man can slay you. 
I seal you with the Holy Spirit. There is a second person. Thank you. Father, glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. I see somebody walking on the road. Lonely road. You feel very lonely. Very, very lonely. It's as if you don't have anybody. Walk to me right now. You feel lonely. Very, very lonely. Walk towards me. Come closer. David said, In Psalm 23 verse 5 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil For you are with me I'm going to lay hands on you You are going to sense the tangible presence of God Wherever you are Lift your two hands just leave him there is somebody around this area you have had a stomach problem for about three years Lift your hand, let me see you. You are the one. Three years. Come. I walk straight to you. Lift your two hands. From today you are free. I break every bondage of the enemy. Amen. I see a little bird flying in this room. Something hit the little bird and the little bird died. I think it's one of your siblings died I think this year. And now you are afraid that you are going to die. 
Walk to me. Walk to me. Ah, exactly where I went, the area where I walk to. Come. The Lord tells me, I should tell you, you should not fear. He's with you. He said, I should pray so that when you are leaving here, an angel will go home with you. So wherever you are going, that angel will be following you. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister. Lift your two hands. Father, I pray, please send a ministering spirit. And Jacob went on the way, and the angels of God met him, and they traveled with him. May the angels of God keep you. He shall give his angels charge over you. There shall no evil befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling place. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I see somebody chewing something like grass. For some strange reason, sometimes you take grass and you begin to chew it. Walk to me. Somebody chewing something like grass. If you are here for some strange reason, sometimes you take grass and you chew the grass. Come to me. Hurry up and come. We don't have enough time. I suspect the person is here. Who is that? Grass. For some strange reason. Don't be afraid though. God wants to reach out to you. Leave your hand. Let me see if you are the one. For some strange reason. Where is that person? Don't let me end. Don't let me close. God will deliver you from your enemies, not your friends. Where is that person? Lord, my heart is set on you. Let me run the race of time With your life unfolding mind And let the peace of God Let it rain Let the light 
start ministering healing himself touching people somebody with a blood disease God is healing you now somebody with a problem with your mouth God is healing you. God is healing you. Somebody with a problem with your male organ. God is touching you. God is touching you. of infirmity that run in families are being broken right now. Receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. Thank you. Somebody with a terrible migraine. The Holy Spirit says, I should tell you, today is the last day. Somebody with a shoulder that dislocates. I hear a cracking sound. That shoulder will not dislocate anymore. Lift up your two hands. Ask him to heal you wherever you are. Ask him. Miracles are taking place. Quietly, but it's taking place. Holy Spirit, I've seen you heal so many people. I've seen you raise the dead. Let your healing power and your glory go forth. Touch your people. Somebody's knee, whatever you couldn't do, begin to do it. Whatever you couldn't do, you could do. Somebody's schedule for an operation. I cancel the operation and the surgery. Believing God for a child. Receive. Receive. Somebody who has no peace, receive the peace of God. Somebody who cannot sleep from today, you sleep well. Be healed. Father, I thank you for healings. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for the wonderful things you have done. I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, put your hands together. You may be seated.
At this point, we want to take out a very good offering. Please take out an offering. Where's the offering basket? Please stand here for me. You know, one day God spoke to Moses. In Exodus 25 verse 1, he says, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, shall he take up my offering. He said, gold, silver, and brass. Moses, he didn't say, everybody just bring an offering. He started from gold. All with gold, come. All with silver, come. All with brass, come. All with onyx stones, come. All with purple, come. It just went on and on. Today, I want to give you a good offering. I want someone to give the Lord a hundred rands as an offering. Please stand here. hundred or two hundred. Stand here. You are in the wrong place here. Go down. Yes. Please rise up and come. hundred or two hundred to help with the work of God. Rise up and come. Somebody said, I went to church and they were calling figures. I also went to an art auction and they were calling figures. Hundred or two hundred rounds. Can we give an offering? God bless you. God bless you. I want someone to give fifty rounds as an offering. Please rise up and come. As we give this offering, may God give us peace. One of the highest blessings God can give you is peace. Peace. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Rise up and come. Somebody saw a 50 rand offering. Rise up and come. Now everybody else, lift up your offering. Lift it up high. Let me pray over it. I want to pray for peace. Peace in your home. Peace in your marriage. Peace in your mind. Peace when you sleep. Peace with your children. Lift your offering. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the peace of God. That passes all understanding. Let it keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Please take the offering baskets around and let's receive the offering. Climbed up to the highest mountain, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. Went down into the deepest valley, looked around down there, couldn't find nobody. I went across the deep blue sea, couldn't find none to go there. To your grace, your love, your mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater than me. Such tall, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. 
Say start over. Say start over. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great. Nobody great. Nobody greater than you. Nobody can hear like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great I am. Awesome in all your ways and mighty is your hand. You are He who heard our redemption's plan. You are He who carried our Redemption's plan. I say, start over. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great. Nobody great. Nobody greater than you. Oh, say, start over. Greater than you. Is that a communion? <laughs>